Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box football podcast. So it's been 17 years since Arsenal last won the league and it's been about 15 years since they had a team full of hashtag leaders. For too long, they've been the pushover of the big four and now the big six. Is this down to a decade and a half of poor recruitment or has the club as a whole developed a genuine mentality problem? And perhaps more to the point, is this problem unsolvable? Let's find out. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So Arsenal have had quite a tough start to the season. We have a we have a, a resident Arsenal fan who a long a, a long suffering Arsenal fan who I don't think will disagree with the title of this topic. But I just wanted we want to discuss whether there is an unsolvable mentality problem at Arsenal. So obviously for years we've always been at a kind of club that's that sort of lacked leaders for a long time um you're you've obviously witnessed all of it firsthand um i mean i think i know the answer to the first question which is do you think there's a mentality problem but do you think it's unsolvable or like do you think there's do you think it's sort of ingrained into the club now that it's 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 going to be really really hard to to fix um yes there's obviously a mentality problem which i knew you knew i was going to say is it unsolvable no but I think it'll be quite difficult to solve it. I think it starts from right at the top with Kronke. I think Stan Kronke doesn't... There seems to be no accountability. It seems like he just gives um, Arteta and Eddie the money, and he has given them money, but he doesn't look at how what those signings are doing or how where his money's going. So I take someone like Abramovich. Imagine when the managers that he brings in spend money... I imagine that he he or someone else keeps a keen eye on it and sees how well Chelsea are doing. And if they're not doing well, he gets rid of them, brings someone else in. But with Sam Kroenke, it seems like he doesn't have that. It's They can make similar mistakes over and over again and there are no repercussions for it. So we've seen with Edu and Arteta, the signing of um, Willian, the signing of someone like Pablo Mari. David Luiz. Um, David Luiz. Um, I mean, even someone like Saliba. Saliba is a player that we spent 27 million on, which million, which isn't obviously a lot, but it's still money there that's been spent. And William Saliba has not played one single competitive game for Arsenal. No. If I'm Sam Kroenke and I've given that money and given that go-ahead, I'm thinking, why are you not playing this guy? Why did you sign him in the first place? How can he not be getting in over Rob Holding, Callum Chambers, Pablo Murray? Well, you said 27 million isn't a lot. You could have bought Danny Ings, right? Mm, could have spent... Could have Leon, Leon Bailey. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Saliba at the, is a good... And the point is, we don't know if he's a good player or if he's a good signing or not, and that's exactly the point. This is a player that was having rave reviews in France, and obviously, just because they do well in one country doesn't mean they'll do well in the Premier League, but there's no way that Etu or Arteta, for me, can say he does not have a chance of getting into that team when last year obviously we would have had Europa League group stages easy games they could have played in he spent six months playing for the reserves and then the other six months we then sent him on loan so that's almost six months of his development down the drain that he could have been playing some Premier League games or some Europa League games or cup games but Mm. it, it just doesn't seem that there's any accountability and it doesn't seem that he seems like he's given novices run of the house sort of thing. Arteta and Edu, yes, Arteta had a great, good first season because of the FA Cup. Last season, we obviously finished eighth without any trophies. But the team just seems soft and there seems to just be no fight in them. The, even though our, um, <clears throat> our record against the big, the big teams is better, when we lose... It never seems that the big teams have to come out of first gear. It always seems very easy for them to beat us. While when other big teams play the big teams, they may lose, but they know that they've had a game that they fought, that they fought two for nil to make it hard. Mm. They've been in a game and thought, you know what, well, that we got out there quite fortunate because the team was doing so well and fought so hard. But mm. with Arsenal, you never really seem to get that. It seems like, oh, it's two nil, three nil, and. And that's it. We just roll over and just get absolutely battered. Arsenal feels like a neglected club to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
you know, I, I know what you mean because it's not for a you you have spent money and b you know there's obviously been some sort of like supposed like oh well you know because I know you're very interested in Arteta when you signed Emery and then went back to Arteta and obviously he's a full, you know you know, know all about him and stuff mm. but it but so there's there's been there's been some sort of effort to to establish a plan there but yeah. it, the where you are now as a club in terms of the the players that you have and the kind of seemingly slightly rudderless direction you're going in reminds me a lot of Liverpool in um mm. uh, after like Alonso and Mascarano and Torres left yeah and I, I can't remember the, the the blokes who came who who were before John Henry took it over was it, was it the um Hicks and Gillette or was that, was that ages ago anyway um Some block, and it was, yeah and, and it was just it kind of just felt like I don't necessarily think you need you need a you need a, an owner. Who, I don't think it's all Cronky's fault necessarily, and you don't need an owner that's like ridiculously passionate or, or anything. But it, yeah, it almost just feels like you know he has, he's been too far too happy to just kind of go. Oh, uh, you know, Arteta and Edu, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, yeah, just let, yeah. Let, let them get on with it. Yeah, much in the same way that like well, I remember when Liverpool made up, you know, they had like Roy Hodgson and, and Dalglish came back and they were signing these weird players like Jokanovic and and you know John Joe Shelby and, and it was just a really sort of so maybe looking at history then it might take something you might because essentially what got Liverpool out of that bind was Rodgers Rodgers came in and then obviously Jurgen Klopp took them even further but so they made just two really smart managerial appointments mm. to kind of get them out Maybe that's maybe it's easy to say. Go and get a really good manager, but that's 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 maybe that will, was what it will take. Because because Kroenke doesn't look like he's going anywhere, does he? Yeah, yeah, and especially with this ongoing investigation as well, mm. having moved the Rams. Um, I think we need passion either right at the top with regard to the board. So let's say we can get new owners in who are passionate. Same way the Leicester owners mm. like. And there's just so much of the way Leicester's run that I personally am so envious of because all the passion percolates down and filters down from the top to the bottom. Yeah. So we either need a passionate owner or we need a passionate manager. And for me, there's no better manager than Conte because I don't think Conte would te- tolerate any of the nonsense that Arteta seems to be putting up with. And I think he's someone who brings accountability that when things aren't going well, I think he says something and he's not one to just take it lying down. He's not one who's quiet. But I feel that he might be a big bit of a bit too much of a big character for the Cronkies because I think he would really try and, you know, yeah, he, and be like, what's what the heck's going he on falls here? falls out with people. And it does Conti feel, because Conti feels like, especially right now, he's lauded at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And whether or not Arsenal will be able to get him is, is another question. But does he not feel more like a kind of someone you'd bring it like you're as if we say that you're in the yeah yeah, so you're in the same position as Liverpool were you need a Brendan Rodgers rather than a Klopp because if you if you bring in a Klopp it might not necessarily it's sort of not as quite as simple as that but maybe if Conti came in it would just there'd be a hell of a lot of him to for him to do because I mean I feel there's no one else who can handle it apart from Conte. I feel the Brendan well, Rodgers. You said with... you said Simi. I mean Simeone. Uh, this is a sort of someone you've you've always wanted in the job for for a while, and and you know maybe. I see him as the equivalent to Conte. I think for me, it's more. I think I'm looking more for a personality than like a certain type of tactical coach. Right. So I think Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers. He. I think he's a great man manager and I think he's he's amazing tactically but he still seems a bit nice which isn't bad but I think Arsenal needs someone who's a bit mean and nasty and who's Gattuso Gattuso yeah Gattuso. Um, well, yeah so, so this well, comes back to the experience gamble there I'd say with Gattuso but if that type yeah that type of person just someone who's a bit who will ruffle a few feathers and give them the Tenacious. kick backside that they need someone who's it... passionate yeah because yeah, it does. It comes back to, again to that because the, the whole the, the lack of men, the mentality yeah. problem issue. Because it has been a thing. I mean, it's ever yeah. since. Because yeah. when I grew up, Arsenal were the team I feared most mm. because they were, you know, for whatever reason, they were just. I feared them more than Man United, and you know, I just always thought like Arsenal, the team, Chelsea, are never going to beat. Yeah. And then fast forward to about two thousand and seven, eight, that sort of time when when Wenger for some reason stopped. Focusing on physical players and exactly, wanted, exactly. Like, flashy yeah. players, 
it yeah. went away. And then you lot obviously you lost Henri and you lost Vieira. And even even I, I say then you lost Fabregas and Van Persie, but even in the time of Fabregas and Van Persie, it still felt like there you know that I remember that there was still the kind of Arsenal don't have any real leaders anymore. Mm. And I was, you know, I know we talked about this in the group chat, but I, I put that thing out to you. Like I was looking at the back back through your centre backs. I don't know whether you'd be able to remind me of any I'm forgetting, but I can't think of a single kind of, you know, warrior like gonna drag you through the mud, pull you, you know, jump jump with you into the trenches kind of centre back for Arsenal since mm. what fifteen. 16 17 years yeah and it's it's mad that you could you could have the you know you're not a poor club and it's just strange that with all these you know socrates david louise um mustafi callum chambers <laughs> he's not really sort of fullback holding pablo mari pascal segan we've had absolute trash in our yeah team. i think arsenal and probably not since the Invincibles. I can't ever see an Arsenal team and think that is a well-balanced team. So we'll either have a, a sort of imbalance in one sense, like so, like he said, has we stopped moving away from physical and technical plays to more technical plays. But then because of that, we lost our physicality. Or let's say we then get a really great physical power house team we won't then have the technical ability. There's always a piece that we're missing. So like um, when Ozil was there and Cazola, we never had the striker, but then we got a Bamiang in, but then we lost, lost those crazy players. Yeah. Then we need a defensive mid, but then we got a defensive mid, but we didn't have like a sense of that. So we're always, we're always playing catch up with a certain position that we need. Even this current team, we need um, an, an excellent midfielder to go with party. We need a right back. We arguably need a striker, but yet Arteta signed a centre back. He signed an attacking midfielder. He's we never seem to like get the pieces that we need to make the yeah, team. The, the, the signing of Ramsdale. Now look, Ramsdale may turn into a good goalkeeper, but that that confused me the most because like yeah. Leno is not a bad goalkeeper. I'm not saying he's the answer. Yeah, yeah. But if you're if you're as you say, if you're in a position where you're trying to really build a team and plug gaps. Why are you spending money on a goalkeeper that you that you don't even need? I mean, Leno's been Leno started the season, so actually spent thirty mil on a reserve keeper. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you spent you 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 let Martinez go. Oh, Ten million To be fair, the Martinez thing is unfortunate because I think a we didn't think that he'd consistently be that good, and b I think he he wanted to leave, but Arteta should have said Mar- Martinez. Uh, you're basically it's yours to lose the number one shirt is yours to lose. you've been fantastic for us one is an FA Cup show passion you've been with this club for literally so you long. you want the person that's going to pull you through it you want that passion mm-hmm. he was right there he was right there he was yeah you won the FA Cup he's there FaceTiming his family crying his eyes out you know he's loving every every single minute of it and then he gets yeah. sold at a drop of a hat because yeah. he's hot and property now. the Copper America, then he's one of the best keepers statistically in the Premier League. Literally, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. He's and you let him go for Leno, who I argue, I think, is the worst keeper. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's just because we didn't... No one thought he'd be this good. But again, I should have said to Leno, Leno, mate, you yeah. need to somehow get back into this team because Martinez, it's his shirt to lose. Literally. So, and then you're, 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 you've got healthy competition there. Yeah. The healthy competition yeah. that he's talking about with Ramsdale. Mm. So why is it better for Ramsdale to have this healthy competition <laughs> than it was for Martinez? Gosh. It, it's run, it's run poorly. People ask, I get so irate about it. I care so much. It's poor. And people ask me why I care so much about it. But it's this is frustrating to watch. that annoys you because it's because these are meant to be people who are meant to know what they're doing, who are meant to know the market, meant to know the strengths and weaknesses of club, meant to know how the business side of football works. Not paid very well for it. Is. Exactly. Exactly. Arteta's is on more like six mil or something. It's yeah. This is why it's so frustrating. And this is why the Arsenal fans are so frustrating because the personnel is there. We have a decent team, but we just need someone to come just fix this mess. Everyone just seems lost. No one knows. It seems like it's the blind leading the blind. I, no know, I, see, I see your team's quite weak, to be honest with you, in terms of granted. We've got, I mean, we've got, some, we've got some very... Obviously, you've got a few standout players. Aubameyang, when he's, when he's good. But yeah. he, he looks like he's been on down, down the spiral since yeah. he signed the team. Is that, is that because he doesn't have faith in his manager? Is that because 
as a 31, 32-year-old, he's asking to track back to the point where... He, he has also had malaria back. and COVID, I will say, yeah. which is fair enough. He's had malaria and COVID yeah. in the last year. And then having that and then having to do all the dogged defending and everything, that's... Yeah. Just, now, imagine uh, if Jamie Bob was playing... Saka's like, fantastic. Tierney's fantastic. Martinelli, Partey, Tierney, um, Smith-Rowe. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel... Pe- I mean, Pepe is an interesting one. He could go either way, but... Yeah, but you yeah, can go either way, but you spent seventy-two million pounds on it. But then that's I not what you want like, going either way. Like you, if you're going to spend that money on someone, you want it to be a ten yeah. out of ten. But again, and again, it's not, that, it's is that the manager that you're looking at? Because the manager would play, he'll play well, and then he'll substitute him or start him on the yeah. bench. How is that meant? Are to you were saying he'd play William instead of him when William was like just He's when he was trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was awful. Brilliant, so man. is that again a man management thing that if someone just put his arm around and said, "Pepe, you know what"? Just yeah. go and play your football. Just go and I give you free reign and free roam to do anything you want. Is that? I feel like maybe he's, he's trying too hard to be technically smart, <laughs> and you know he's not giving anyone a free roll. He's not yeah, allowing yeah. people to Nothing be creative like Guardiola does. But at the same time, but at the same time, the tactics that he's sort of lining up with that he's trying to be excellent with are also wrong. He's trying to so he's, play. He's, he's hindering players' ability whilst also telling them to do the wrong thing. Mm, I think he's trying to play pet football with players yeah. that are nowhere near the level. Required. He's playing pet football with Stork. <laughs> Literally. So Barrow Salona. That's what it's called. Yeah. Barrow Salona. So I think yeah. he needs to play to the strengths of the team. And I think this is where maybe another manager will be like, maybe I've got this philosophy, but for now. I don't have the personnel, so maybe I should just try and just put that to the side and just try and play to the team's strengths. Don't play with Bamiang as a winger. He's not a winger. You don't see Brendan Rodgers playing Jamie Vardy left wing, tracking back. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. I mean, he's um, weren't under Pep Guardiola, right? But every yeah. single Pep Guardiola team is built around what Pep Guardiola wants and has been given a lot of money to spend to do to do that. So is, is this really the person you want to come in? learning from someone who's always had it exactly how they want. It's like, well, yeah, well, Pep's had it exactly how he wants, so I'm going to play how I exactly how I want and not think about the actual personnel I've got in front of me. And he got it He got it right in the when we won the FA Cup. He got it perfect. He got the team to be stable but still managed to play expansive football. But because we had that stability of playing a back three, wing backs, solid midfield, but then for some reason he, he changed and we became a lot more like exposed, a lot more vulnerable. Do you, so, would you would you have kept um, Emery, knowing I know you know knowing that our, you know what's happened with Arteta or or what would you have done? I don't know because I feel I feel the reason why Arteta hasn't gone and which is what went wrong for Emery, or as far as I know, I feel he lost the dressing room. Emery lost right. the dressing room. I think the players didn't want to play for him. They lost all faith in him, and I think it seems. And I'm definitely inferring something. It seems that, and I know a lot of the pundits mentioned this in the Chelsea game, that they're not playing for him. It seems Arteta may be slowly losing the dressing room. There's obviously talk of Aubameyang. But would I have kept Emery? I mean, he he did better. His stats were a lot more better. He Mm. finished higher, albeit without obviously a trophy. He got to the Europa League final. Yeah. Would I have given him one more chance? No. Would I have hired someone else? Instead of Arteta, yes, I would have. Do you think Tottenham and Arsenal made the same mistake when they sacked their manager of thinking that they were a more desirable prospect than they actually are? You mean when Arsenal sacked Emery? Yeah, and then obviously I was going to say, I, I just got the impression that, that you went straight for Arteta as like you regretted not. I mean, this is just my... I don't know, because we Lundberg were in the job for a while, and then there was talk about him getting next, he was doing quite yeah, well. It's like interim, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like, you know... He was just there to steady the ship until... Yeah, you don't want... You, if you want to you want to hire some... Because like, it was at the end of the season, wasn't it, when Lundberg took over? It was only like a few weeks before the end of the season, or have I... Or have I Oh no, it was no, it was mid-season, wasn't it? He joined. Yeah, because it was just before Christmas. Before, yeah, but, or maybe you know, maybe it just mm-hmm. took a bit of time to, to sort them. Uh, um, no, I think I think we needed to get rid of Emery because of that. I said because I think the fans didn't like what he was doing, the players didn't like it. So I think that was like a necessity because it was becoming toxic. But yeah, try to get that new manager bounce and 
Yeah, which you did, yeah. We, and I think um, the difference now is Arteta. We need a manager who's not just going to have the bounce, but the consistency. I think that's why I mentioned someone like Conte or Simeone. You think Conte is the guy for that? Not, yeah, that, that came out very doubtful. I yeah, was just asking I mean, I don't whether we'll get him or not. I don't. I doubt yeah. it. But we. Yeah, do you think he? I don't know. I don't feel like he turned down Tottenham and then like because of obviously money mm. and then go straight to Arsenal. Because I mean, you're not. Spe- I mean, you have spent a bit more. <laughs> well, this we is, have. Right? It's such. A, it's a weird state of the world isn't it that like I, you know I know it's not that weird but like the fact that it, we're sort of thinking well if, if a manager rejects Tottenham of course he's going to yeah, reject Arsenal it's like quite a weird I mean that just shows that just shows I mean I know it's, it's, a, it's a sign of how well Tottenham have done but it just it's also <laughs> it's also a sign of how like far Arsenal have fallen yeah do, well, do, do you get do you sort of feel Dave that the Arsenal you know we talk we talk about clubs having certain well, fans talk about their club having a certain style do, do you think that Arsenal are maybe wedded too much to the idea of playing a certain way that um, that it makes it harder to get like you know not necessarily physical players at all but just to have that sort of you know you're talking earlier about there's always a lack of balance and stuff and and you're you know always trying to find these slightly why you know players that you think why are we buying them is there you know, is that is that could that be part of the reason why you've never signed one of these sort of behemoth centre backs that's just going to sort everything out, and you get these sort of instead these kind of like slightly, slightly flary, risky centre backs? I don't know because I know Emery wanted um, Harry Maguire, didn't he? And then they mm. got him not. <laughs> that, oh, we got so he he wanted certain plays. He wanted in Zonzi, but we obviously got Lucas Torreira, so. So Emery obviously tried to sort of rectify those positions that we need and tried to plug the hole, but he, I, even I, Ben White feels like <laughs> I, I don't. Know. I, I think like, he's a good player, but he's not the he's not yeah. the he's not the Van Dyke character. He's not the Maguire character. He's not the. I I don't know. I think yeah, I know what you mean. He's not the the type of the man mountain that we need. But I, and this is again, I think I don't know why, but I feel like if Conte came in again, a massive, massive, massive if. I would like to think that he would be able to look at that team, identify the positions that we need, and go out and get them. Because yeah. I can't, I can't see Conte looking at Arsenal team and not thinking they desperately need a right back, they need a ball-winning midfielder, they need a striker. That just for me does not. Yeah, make he sense. he seems to know. I mean, he knows what he exactly. likes, doesn't he? So, and I don't know why Arteta. I mean, we have four right backs and none of them are coming off. <laughs> We have Chambers, Bellerin, Cedric, Maitland-Niles. Those are four right-backs that none of them are quality enough. I can't... I don't understand how managers can come into Arsenal and not move heaven and earth to get the positions that we need. Mm. And I don't understand why Granit Xhaka is captain after everything that he did to Arsenal. I do not understand how any manager can look at what he did and be like... You can manage. You can be captain again. But maybe, for, I mean, for the record, I agree with you. But maybe there's something that he's doing behind the scenes that kind of wrap. Like just, just as an example, I, I read recently that um, when um, when Lampard came into Chelsea, he was considering selling Jorginho, just you know, to raise some funds, I guess. And then, or rather, he wasn't sort of considering him as he was sort of thinking like, you know, he's not going to be very central. And then I think it was just on the first preseason tour. He noted that this guy, this guy motivates everybody. He's he's everybody's mate, and he's like, and he he pushes them. He pushes everybody to give to give their best. And he was and he sort of changed his mind immediately. He was like this, you know, even if he's not, blah blah blah. I, I, purely devil's advocate, but maybe I, is that there could be something like that behind the scenes with Sack. Which, I mean, which is Jacka. interesting because obviously Emery really liked him, made him captain. Arteta has liked him, made him captain, but since. Uh, um, Shaka has come to Arsenal. We've not made the Champions League. Obviously, it's not just down to him. Wow. Well, this is a player surely that represents this weak mentality that is... took off the shirt, yeah. threw it on the floor, took took off off the shirt, the fans. fans to f off again. I understand why he did that because they were attacking. But how how can you then? Because it was um, Arteta that actually convinced him to stay. He wanted to leave. Yeah, that was it. He was going to leave in Jan, wasn't he? And then Arteta. Came, that was it. Yeah, and Arteta came in and. 
Wow. Yeah, he was definitely that would have that would have been a reason to, to keep Emery. So Arteta would have left. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jacques would have left. But this is what I mean. How how can okay? Yes, let's say he's this leader yeah. in the dressing room, but surely you judge a player what he does in games. And Shaka makes so many mistakes. I think he's made the most mistakes um, that have led to goals out of any Premier League player since he joined Arsenal. Mm. How, Wait, when I'm when I'm gambling. Granite Jacker to be booked is always a safe bet for me because <laughs> yeah. he's so rash. He, and it's not really even like rash. it's a clever or tactical foul, it's just something reckless and stupid. stupid. I, like, I like what you said there, Dave, that he almost epitomizes the, the mentality problem in the sense that he's the captain when he has this kind of like immaturity yeah. and, and lack of discipline. Who was captain before? Murtasaka. Oh, blimey. So, but yeah, okay, yeah. Um, then, so, so who would you have as who would be your captain then if if, if you were manager? I think Kieran Tierney. Kieran really? Tierney. Yeah, I think even though he's obviously not play, didn't play well, I think he does epitomise the passion, the drive, the resilience. He's like an old-fashioned fullback, so I'd give it to him because obviously was, I know he's captain of Celtic. Do you not think he's too far in the other direction? I, I see an uh, interesting article in the play. It's like. Kieran Tierney is trying too hard to do too many things. <laughs> that's because he's of all the rubbish that's around. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, I mean, do you not think he's too far in the other direction? Where he's trying too hard to do all these things. I mean, and, that, and it's kind of like throwing off the balance of the team. I think I would only change the captaincy when someone else comes in and tries to then change it all. Because then I think he then, if let's, if a manager comes in, changes it, changes the mentality. I think then he's the right representative for that mentality because he won't need to do everything because he'll have the right people around him. So I think it's like he's trying to fill so many voids that it makes him look bad. And it, like you said, it goes the other way. But I think given when all the situation and the whole things is good and been resolved, I think you'll see like the normal Kieratini that I think people love to have as captain. But apart from that, no one. That's yeah. how bad the mentality in Arsenal is. Yeah, I think that's 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 probably the, the issue. Is it, there is no leader. There's there's no one you can look at and say, yeah, um, if, if our current captain isn't there, he can lead the line. He can, yeah, so you know, he can look after everyone. He can tell everyone where they need to be. He can yeah. give them a kick up the arse when they're not there. Yeah. And it, there's whether, no one there. Whether it's le- leaders or just big characters is is another thing. I Ooh, like doesn't like them. Well, that, yeah, because because <laughs> like I. Them. I was thinking. I was just scanning, scanning my, my brain back a couple of years ago. You could have looked at the um, again. Apologies to keep referencing it. The Chelsea squad, and we had um, it was after Terry had gone, and because Aspilicueta is not a fantastic, you know, like he's not going to go down in history as one of this, you know, amazing captain. Um, but for, for whatever reason, quickly in the in the sort of two or three years since he's had the captaincy. I don't know what it is, but now I look at a few of the players in the in the in the team. Even though we 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 at the moment quite a sort of young, slightly timid, slightly you know, unestablished group of players. I'm now looking. I mean, maybe maybe it's it's success bring brings it, or you know, winning trophies. But I now look at a few of the players: Reese James, Rudiger, Jorginho, um, uh, now, and um, you know, Mason Mount. All these sorts of people, and go. Actually, no, yeah, we've we've got we've got. We've got a few, you know, people there and Mendy and all these sorts of things. May, you know, wondering what what Arsenal would, you know, why why that sort of transition hasn't occurred with Arsenal because it's not exact. It's not like you haven't had players coming in and out. Yeah, I think yeah, it's again, it's there's no point having these exciting young players if you don't have the core of leaders to pass on that mentality. So when you had the the men of, of your team, the John Terry's, the Lampard's, the Drogba's, even when Michael Ballack was there, these are people that when the youngsters would train with them, they're seeing those men give 110% in training on the football pitch, in matches. So then you know that that is the norm, that at Chelsea Football Club, that is the norm, that you give 110%, that you take responsibility, that you're accountable for your actions and how you play. But Arsenal, there's no one to do that. No one's, no one is reliable at Arsenal. Yeah. Do you think your recruitment has something to do with that? Absolutely. In terms of like the point, the point I was making is in like, um, obviously you're you're not been in the Champions League for what like quite a few years, mm. and um, obviously 
the competition to sign players is very high. They're not necessarily going to want to come to a club that isn't offering Champions League football unless unless you're offering them a lot more wages than the other, the other clubs that are interested. So that kind of that kind of system would obviously attract sort of like, you know, mercenary players, players that are just there for money. They're not there for the club. They're not there because of the esteem of Arsenal. They're there because you pay big wages. Yeah, so someone like um, Williams a, a great example of that because that's someone who's just there to earn his pay, to keep his yeah. going. But I, I think, yeah, and they and Eddie's got a lot of stick for that because that um, Jarabchin link, isn't it? Um, I just think with Arsenal, we need, we've not been smart with our recruitment. We've not, and I don't think you have to pay big money to get not a big personality, but to get a leader. There's so many players in the world. Like recruitment now is so expansive. I mean, I want to say we got Javier for like net two million. Is yeah, so literally, if, if Harry Kane left, they said Javier was captain. I'd... Mm. My guy. So he's not for me. It's not about spending big. It's about spending smart. Yeah. that's all it is. Arsenal, like you said, Arsenal, we we're still a reputable club. I mean, like historically and place that want to come to us. But it's about being smart. It's about identifying not only the type of player we want with regard to position, but I think it's looking at character mm. as well. It's looking how a player, does a player take accountability? Is he giving 110% on the pitch? Someone mm. like Martinelli is a great example because that's a young, hungry, South American passion player that, that football is do or die. That's the only reason that he can live and survive by playing football. So we need people who are going to almost die on the pitch. Someone like John Terry putting his head in front of like when he's about to be kicked in the head or something yeah. that is the minimum requirement from any fan is that you give 110% that you run your socks off that you literally just give everything it's, it's about passion and there doesn't it, be any passionate players I think it's I feel like it's so easy to be liked as a footballer yet so few footballers offer the offer the fans to do that it just the just, just pat the badge and, and play and, and try and win as, as run around but, no one will ever have a go at you for doing that. You'll never hear yeah. a fan be like, "Oh, he's running about too much. What's he doing?" That's I don't know. I probably would. I probably would get on his back for wasting energy <laughs> in opportune <laughs> moments. To be honest, doing a, a victory lap every time he scores a goal. <laughs> I, we, we had. Uh, I've said this before about like. Um, I, I don't. I, I think it's a. You should not sign just in in terms of the kind of psychology of it, you shouldn't sign players that teams that are on about your level have, have, have either got rid of or cast away. Oh, we're sick of and you. Ob- yeah, obviously, you you're doing that a lot with us. <laughs> even even people like Petr Cech, who, and I mean, we talked about this before, but, but even Petr Cech, who was a bargain because of who he was, it still kind of sends that, sends that mentality message of, we don't see ourselves as good as Chelsea. We're not good yeah. enough to do what they do, so we're going to take their scraps. Chelsea yeah. given to us, yeah. and and um, yeah, and may- maybe that, that you know Arsenal have sort of surrounded themselves too much with that. And, and as and as you said, Ash, like getting these players who who aren't who, 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 who you want to get players who are desperate to like this is the biggest thing for yeah. them. And, and to, to 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 Spurs' credit, I think that's you've been very good at that in the last. Four or five years of identifying players who, like, I think Lucas Moura is the only one I could think of that was kind of coming down, so, so to speak, from mm-hmm. from from a club. Yeah. But everyone else was like having a step up. It's like right now is your chance to prove it. You know, you Tottenham, you got your big break is Tottenham. Um, whereas a lot of, I mean, not necessarily all of, you know, because a lot of Arsenal's signings are uh, are not necessarily like this. But you know, um, you know, Odegaard will. It might be might turn out to be a great signing, but he's coming from Real Madrid, you know. I mean, technically, so is Reguilón. So, I mean, it yeah. was on long, it's severe. Yeah, it's different now. Because I think Reguilón, I think, has something to prove, which is good, because it means that he's going to do well. I, I love him. He's so passionate. And I hope Odegaard's he's, the same. He just gets it, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's honestly one of my favourite players. He, even when he has a bad game, mate, you can tell so much that he just cares. And it's nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'll, that, he'll jump a few fences. Like, he'll um, jump a few fences to go give a little girl a shirt and then piss bump the dad. Yeah, tell me what that feels like, Ash. Which... So constantly I... on Instagram, he is constantly on Instagram sharing stuff about Spurs. That come on, you Spurs and all this. He's, he's fantastic, honestly. Fabian, <laughs> amazing, number one. Yeah. Absolutely epitomizes like pure passion. 
he literally the ball will go out for a goal kick, and because he's screened someone, he's cheering it, and like you know, he's he's just so good. There is there is something funny and naturally like tribal with this. I saw an image to a a short clip today. I don't (laughs) know if you saw it of um, the Arsenal Chelsea game where Xhaka um, kind of puts in a little kind of. He but he slightly slightly body checks Reese James just about a second after James has passed the ball, and then Reese James just runs up behind him and pushes him over, <laughs> and and like you know like I sort of go like oh that, if I saw that from another team I'd be like fuck off Reese James you pet. and then but as a Chelsea fan I'm like yeah fucking oh, fucking have it yeah what, <laughs> what did Shaka do what did any did any of his teammates help <laughs> exactly it's like okay. And that's yeah. the point. Where's the camaraderie? Where's the like? Like it's like warfare. Playing football is warfare. you want you want Jacker to be able to throw a water bottle into the crowd, yeah. and then all of his team have his back against twenty thousand people. Yeah. yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, oh, that, that who was, was it that was that. Um, squaring up to um, Arteta, and then none of the players were backing him? I saw it was in one of the was it in the mind series. It was either against Tottenham or Chelsea. Oh, it was Hoyberg. It was Hoyberg squaring up to um, yes. To Arteta, <laughs> and then all the Arsenal players oh, yeah. like, See? Can, like no. I mean, I was playing golf when that game was on, but I did watch the Chelsea. Yeah, it was. But I see pictures of Pobia like <laughs> chatting, That's what they chatting used to bubble. Do. When it used to be Arsenal United, the big rivalry, there used to be massive fights, and everyone would just be like gang warfare. Not that we won that, but yeah. it was passion. Also, we don't want anyone to get hurt, but you want passion. Yeah, yeah you exactly. want people you want to care. To you don't like, want you. you it, there's this illusion that we want. We want an illusion of this is more than just a job to these people. Yeah. Because it's more than a job to us. Yeah. It's more than that to us. So we want it to be more than that for them. Want, and yeah, when it's not, to reflect the passion that we and when it's not, it's it's bad. Uh, and we don't want that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's why it hurts. That's why like watching Arsenal can ruin your weekend. Just because we care. So honestly, like I, I don't want to watch any other football. I don't want match of the day. I just can't bear it because it's it's like. Do you, do you think your fans care? are part of the problem though? Mm, in what Arsenal sense? Fan TV is. Yeah, I, I mean, what, I don't obviously, care what, you get you get banned Arsenal fan TV. Lot, the reason it's bad. <laughs> you get banned to that quite a lot, and I think Arsenal fan TV is a big point of that. It seems like what they put across is that fifty percent of your fan base is has their heads stuck 20 years ago and they think they should be competing for the league title every year which yeah. is not realistic in the slightest exactly. and then the other 50 percent are so venomous and like toxic towards your players and manager that it doesn't look like you have a positive fan at all like obviously that isn't true i think it's so the, i feel like they, they, they portrayed this sense of arsenal fans to get views I think, I, think so. I think that as Arsenal fans and as any fan, you should have expectations for your club. We're not none of Arsenal. Yeah, but think we challenging for the league title. Or... No one said challenging for the league. Everyone says at least we did. <laughs> I no one thinks that Arsenal be challenged. We're not that deluded. I think it's more improving. Everyone else, it seems like the gap between us and where we used to be, or the big six, is getting bigger and bigger to the point where it's like. Do we can we even consider ourselves big six? Yeah, but what I'm saying is this is this is the side of your fans that Arsenal fan TV portrays. In that they'll get the people on there shouting about Arsenal should be challenging for the league and challenging for but again, no challenging one's challenging and, and they'll they'll, they'll, they'll show that side. They'll show a side of someone being toxic towards the manager and the player, but they won't show like a you that's just level headed, thinking, oh yeah, maybe we could do this and probably we should go in for this. And I'd say in a level headed way, they'll get the ones that shout because they get more views. I mean, and I think it portrays a bad image of you. I think there are level-headed ones. I think the ones that are popular, like Troops, even though he's not with AFTV anymore, DT, I think they they get views because of that. But I think a lot of them, even though it is raw, it's real because there are a lot of fans that feel... I feel that way. I feel absolutely enraged when I, when I see Arsenal play. I can't, I can't watch Arteta's interviews anymore. And this is what we're talking about. That's our passion coming out in its rawest form. And again, and there is, and there are good people that they're a bit more level-headed, and they'll sort of rationalise and reason. But it's gone to the point where we're so frustrated that we can't, we can't hold it any anymore. It's like this seems the only way for us to be heard, to shout and scream because it's gone to that point where we just can't deal with it. It hurts too much. We can't deal with it anymore. We can't contain that rage anymore. This is. And how long do you think this decline would be until? Maybe fan expectation changes. 
and then you're saying, oh, oh well, maybe we should, we, we could definitely try and challenge for the Europa League places. Do you think we'll ever get to that well, part? I think, I think, I feel like you you picked one. I don't even feel that Arsenal think that we should be, we should have none. I don't think any Arsenal thinks that we should be challenged for the Premier League now. More, it's more the view of we should be playing better. We shouldn't be, even if we lose, everyone talks about performance. It's okay to lose as long as you've gave you've given 110% that you battled and you fought. That's what all Arsenal fans are saying. It's our performances. It's our lack of sort of enthusiasm, our lack of effort. That's what's yeah, I must, I must say, from an external perspective, mm-hmm. barring maybe Newcastle, I think life as an Arsenal fan would be... Look, they're, they're, it's not hell, but it, but I would be extremely frustrated, probably all of the time. Right, we're going, we're going back. We're doing football pet peeves again. We've we're changing the name because um, I'm frankly stupid enough to miss the glaringly obvious name that we should have given it. Uh, previously known as Room Three Four Three, we're going to call it Room One On One because you know Room One O One, Room One On One. You know, oh, we're so uninventive. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure no one's ever thought about this ever before. But anyway, we're going to room one-on-one. I'll get started because it links in slightly to what what we were just talking about. As does mine slightly. My pet peeve is football fans who... Football fans. (laughs) Yeah, full stop. (laughs) My pet peeve is, is fans who boo their players. Now, I, uh, I didn't have this specifically in mind with, with the Xhaka stuff because uh, I kind of asterisked it as there are, there are situations where I think it's, it's applicable. And, I, and as much as Arsenal started the whole thing with like booing Xhaka, whether rightly or wrongly, I think following Xhaka's reaction, it's, it, it's probably acceptable for Arsenal fans to boo. So, so I'm not saying like in all circumstances. But the, the thing, I, the thing it was it was inspired by. I don't know whether you guys saw the video of it. Um, Chelsea did an open training session. Um, the team of Erna was it? Yeah, and oh, uh, at Stamford Bridge, and they had fans come in to watch it, and they gave the fans mics, and they were asking questions not to the players, but the players were there. And one of the oh. one of the guys was like, "Yeah, I think Timo Werner should get out get out of the club." <laughs> And he to, to the other fans' credit, apparently he got chased out. Like he got, they told him to like. Their fans to be fair, out. that's AFTV for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I just, it just kind of struck me as like, it, it just goes completely against the essence of supporting. Obviously, you want you want to win, and and if this guy thinks Timo Werner is going to hinder Chelsea's chances at winning, I understand how he logically could have got there. But Timo Werner is 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 a Chelsea player, therefore. Unless he gives me, you know, as we talk about people giving 100%, which, which I believe he is, unless he gives me reason to, 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 to think otherwise, he's part of Chelsea. He's, and I don't, it's a bit corny and I don't like to use the phrasing, but he's part of the family and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root for him. Like, you guys will probably do this. When, when players leave your club, you, you support them in other clubs, right? You want them to do well. <laughs> not in rival clubs that seems to happen a lot with Arsenal players yeah, exactly. but like you know when um, they win league titles when they leave off Eric Eric Lamella I, scored I was three say, goals in two games and I couldn't be happier for him I was, I was funnily I was going to bring Eric Lamella I was going to say I bet you're following him in Spain and like you know Dave when um, when Fabregas went to Barcelona I bet there was no okay alright well, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's his boyhood club yeah absolutely I wish yeah. to success and you know, like even though he didn't particularly have a lasting impression, and I wasn't that fond of him, I, I really hope Tammy Abraham does well at Roma. And you know, obviously these things can come at like if he comes back and then goes becomes Man United striker, then it will change, you know. But <laughs> but it but it's but yeah, I just sort of feel like the, the players are part a part of the you know a part a part of the the tribe that you're in. So just support everybody. You want everybody to do well, even if, it's not to say it's fair enough if you don't want him in the you know you don't want him in, the, in to be in the team or whatever. But like. To, to say that publicly at Timo Werner, I thought it was just so... I mean, I'm, I'm imagine... As a tweet, huh? would you have said the same if you 
saw that. No, no, because social media is is what it is. And and it, look, if he said it on the streets, but he, the fact that it, the fact is he knew Werner was was there, and I just found that so like. But my point is that he knows Werner potentially might see that on Twitter. So what's but but I think but that but I think there's a different relationship there because you you're very like the internet is is the internet. Everyone's everyone knows what it is like. I We've got it, being abused at work for a nice fan with uh, like a nice fan there, which is supposed to like building a like relationship up with the fans, and you've got ignoring something on Twitter. I mean, he doesn't and, deserve either, but he definitely does not deserve to be oh, <laughs> abused at work. I, I don't necessarily when he actually does give hundred percent. I believe. I, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think that that if there was a because because there's like fans fans pay them pay their money to to go and see the games. They should, in theory, be allowed to do, do and chant and, and shout abuse or, or any of that stuff. But I think within, within, I mean, I personally believe within, okay, they should have the freedom to do it, but I don't like if, uh, I think they're a twat if they, if they do it. Like, <laughs> just in the sense that, so, I mean, I, I never liked, um, I never liked Olivier Giroud at Arsenal. I thought he was a, you know, overrated, like, uh, up himself flash git. And then, so when he came to Chelsea, it took me a few months to kind of acclimatise to him. But at no point did I kind of go like, oh, Giroud, you're a, you know, it was like, okay, he's, he's now part of the, he's part of the group. And, I, you know, I'll start, I'm going to start, you know, being, being sort of supportive of him or, or, or whatever. Um, but I, I don't, I just think that unless you, unless you get the impression that a player is like the Xhaka thing, like there's, there's a kind of external reason or, or for some reason, if you think like, He's he's very obviously not working hard or doesn't care. I, I think underperforming is no reason to boo, just because 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 what what kind of level of expectation does do you have to have in it to to like to, to, should Barcelona well not not anymore should um pretty should Met, should PSG fans boo Messi if he doesn't score in his debut because because he, he's averaging a goal a game if if he doesn't score then that's you know, do you know what I mean? It just where do, where do you draw yeah, a line? Well, what he's but but I mean, it's one thing I do like credit. Chelsea fans are not the loudest. They're not the most creative chanters. They're not you know blah blah blah. blah. Chelsea. But they Chelsea. are but they are Chelsea. they are loyal, and they're not. They very 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 rarely turn their back on a player. It takes a hell of a lot for for a player to start getting out of favour. Uh, so too with managers. We've had a lot of managers who've been who've been failures. The only one we've booed is Benitez, and that had nothing to do with with him being a che- that had nothing to do with his performance as Chelsea manager. That was everything to do with the abuse he gave the club as Liverpool manager. So it was different. Um, but yeah, so you're quite. You're quite. You have quite. I don't know. Maybe players. because I've become hardened as an Arsenal fan. Mm. <laughs> He's an Arsenal fan. He thinks players deserve to be. You, but have you ever? But have you ever? I know, but okay. Have you ever booed any Arsenal players? Um. Well, I've never been to an Arsenal game, but yeah, on I go mental when I watch. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, there, there, there's, that's crazy? that's fine, but it's booing. I'm specifically or like you know like actions. There's a diff. You'll you'll admit yeah, there's a like, difference would, between kind of going like better. frustration like, in the moment and then and then actively kind of decide. Like because at the end at the end of the Chelsea Arsenal game there was booze and and I understand that that, that there may be lots of reasons for that, but yeah. that's more of a conscious thing of like. It's it's not reactionary. That's that's like I'm now expressing my displeasure at, at uh, choosing to express my displeasure. Whereas if you're watching Saka with the ball and he gets dispossessed, even though you love Saka, you might still go, "Oh, God's sake, Saka!" You know, it's more about frustration in the moment rather than I actually actively making the player want to know you're there and feel heard yeah. and make make them feel bad. I mean, you can be frustrated, but actively going out of your way to hurl abuse at them, like. I feel like it's a bit different. It goes against support for me. Like, if if a parent goes and supports their child at a football match, (laughs) and then their child has a bad game, no parent is going like, well, boo, you're not coming in the car. You can walk home. I mean, some parents might, but they're obviously, you call them tosses. Like, it's it's you're supporting a team. I, I maybe it's the relationship I feel like I have with the not, not special I or anything. I feel that fans should have <laughs> yeah. with the club is that they you know you're as I say you're part of that sort of family and and you're you're through thick and thin you're there to you know with Ash you raised the thing about Blackburn before 
like that that I could get and you know because it's less so about the team more about more about the owners but that's a general sort of reason to isn't that just a way of showing you frustration though never boo the players but there's, but there's lots of ways to show frustration but booing I just feel is like chanted for the manager to leave chanted for the owner to leave <laughs> yeah never never the players even though I'm not sort of that sort of person, I don't know why in football I feel that it's somewhat justified or acceptable. Can't, mm. I don't know why. It's weird. Yeah, I, I just, I could never, maybe it's, just, it's well, I was going to say maybe it's who I am, but you're like the least abusive person I know. <laughs> so I, <laughs> but I am quite abusive. No, I'm not quite yeah. um, I'm, I'm the biggest abuser. <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah. yeah. It's an in- yeah, it's an interesting one. Should, like, yeah, and interesting how you said it goes against supporting. But, but I don't know. It's I don't know, maybe because I feel like football is such a visceral thing. It's no, it's not like a low key sport where it's like cricket or golf. It's this extremely passionate, like from your gut. All I'm the pretty passionate about golf. <laughs> I don't know. Cricket's cricket's pretty passionate as well. If you think yeah. about it, yeah. it's the most watched sport in the world. Maybe because football's kind of animalistic, even yeah, tribal, tribal. Yeah. I think that's what it is. So maybe that's but, why, even though in in everyday society it's it's wrong. I don't know why there's an acceptance or justification, whether or rightly or wrongly. But, but, like when you know when Kepper had all his problems when he was mm. Chelsea first got first team goalkeeper. I just can't envisage a world where I'd ever want to boo him you booed him I don't <laughs> no, and, and like don't get me wrong you know when we bought Mendy I was happy and, and obviously if we had Mendy the previous season I would have been like why aren't we playing Mendy and I would never take it out on I just don't see the well, reason to take it out on I just, I just don't say Mendy is a what? really good goalkeeper either to be fair <laughs> yeah. well, but um, when you refuse to come off well, I mean, I think that would, although in if you're asking me for that specific situation, no, I wouldn't have booed. And, and also, in hindsight, um, having heard the explanation. But I think that qualifies technically as what I said at the start, whereas as one of those situations where you could argue, yeah, that booing is appropriate because it's an action that could be deemed to be like, you're not doing what's right for the club kind of thing. But like, just playing badly. Leicester fans do it all the time. And it really annoys me because it's like, you're supposed to be this from humble beginnings kind of kind of club and they're like they're about if they have a bad half they'll they'll boom off half time but why it's, is that? it's something they got from the champion like coming surely up surely that's a way to like sort of like come on team come on guys like we oh, we'll, we'll do that did it, do did that it, instead did it work for Xhaka when when Arsenal fans were booing him did he respond yeah, positively again. <laughs> yeah it's not. It's not ever. Good. It doesn't help people to be, you know, like to if have. You're going to get behind all this. Like the use some positive the reinforcement. Get it's behind like the it. The stick, though. Sometimes you, no, you've done the. You can, but in, there's encouragement and there's booing, and one is positive and one is not positive. Surely, like you know, because because <laughs> you always have that sort of thing when there's a corner in the last in the last minute to equalize. That noise can always be done. That not you know booing is not that noise is not the same as that noise and it does not have the, the same impact as that noise. Right, so last season, right, Tottenham. One of the last games of the season, yeah. Ball comes in, Reggion tries to clear it with his right foot, smacks it right into the net on goal. Yeah, no. he goes down on his knees. We've just scored scored non goal. We're two 0 down <laughs> now. We've been playing shit. Yeah, he's down on his knees, looking really upset, like he's about to start crying. He starts crying. Every Spurs fan in that ground, come on, Ooh. cheering him on, cheering him on. Get up, come on, you've got this, yeah. it's fine. Cheering Reggiano. That's what you want. Yeah. If 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 they would have booed Reggiano on the floor, what would that have done to his confidence? <clears throat> yeah, and, and it just, he's, he's just, it just exactly. And like, it just the players know so they're little. doing bad. It, it, like, the players know they're doing bad. It's not as if he's done he's done the own goal on purpose, is he? If he has done it on purpose, I think you can boo. <laughs> but like, if in the event that. You know he's not done it on purpose. Booing him is not. He, not, he knows he's scored no goal, and and he will be lifted by that. You know, he was. He got himself up. Eric Dyer picked him up. <laughs> but maybe we're lucky. Maybe we're lucky. Maybe we we have so few opportunities to actually potentially boo our players. Whereas Dave, no, there's a few. I can think of a few. Permanent, <laughs> permanent <laughs> Who's up next? Uh, I'll go next. Go on, Ash. Thought. So, I don't know, I tend to base my pet peeves 
on what I'm arguing most with on people with so on social media at this moment. <laughs> so um, it's just how people in this day and age don't actually understand how a football club is run. It's okay. not that complicated. You know what I mean? It really winds me up when they're like, ah, oh, yeah, give, like, say, for instance, there's, there's a lot of different ways they can do this. They can think, one, the manager controls everything. Oh, yeah. Literally everything. Oh, transfers, yeah, manager does that. Manager does this, manager does that, yeah. Decides staff. Yeah, manager negotiates like, contracts. He, 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 he decides, yeah, manager negotiates contracts. So it's like, oh, it yeah, Nuno, Nuno needs to get some money. Nuno needs to get these players in. Nuno needs to go out and buy these players. It's like, well, Nuno doesn't buy players, does he? He coaches the team and picks the team. It's not yeah. that complicated. Or you get people throwing abuse at Daniel Levy, like some anti-Semitic buddy, Facebook posts and stuff like that, saying he's a, uh, you know, yeah. and money hungry, and 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 you can imagine the creativity there, right? And then they're saying he deals with transfers. And I'm like, well, yeah, he used to. It doesn't now. We've just got a new director of football with that does all the transfers. Right. So. Is your frustration at fans generally who don't understand yeah, the who, kind of roles in football or, or Tottenham specifically? No, I just because I imagine I see this from a Tottenham aspect. Yeah. I imagine there's fans like this everywhere that yeah. just don't understand how the football club actually runs, but will be very quick to be displeased about it in the way that they think it is run. And it's like, well, if you're that displeased and you're shouting off about how the football club's run, maybe learn how it's run first before mouthing off. Because I spend so much time just correcting people. And maybe I am just being a bit of a, <laughs> a bit extra. And like maybe I just should let it go over my head. But I just can't. It really winds me I up. I her the corrector. <laughs> Literally. Oh, yeah. Daniel Levy. Yeah. He's, he, he, he's not going to sell Kane. He should just sell Kane. Daniel yeah. Levy. Should, Nuno know, should just get rid of Kane. I know exactly. I mean, we, as you say, a lot, a lot of your gripes have come from the, these sorts of people. And I know what you mean. I've seen it myself, like, which is, to be honest, a lot of the time why I stay away from it because I because I just get, I couldn't be asked with the sort of level of like, you know, just what people know. Um, that's to say that there's probably people who could be listening to this who, you know, know a hell of a lot more than us and are thinking the same about us. But <laughs> you know, I almost think that often we, you know, it's almost shorthand for football speak, isn't it? When you, when you, because we're kind of, all of us are kind of aware now of all these structures that are in place in football. There's a, there's an owner, there could be a, a board, board members who are involved, there's a director of football, the manager, blah, 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 blah. But we still kind of slightly hang on to this, like, oh, you know, Arteta needs to do this or Tuchel needs to go and do that. Like it's cause, because I think maybe traditionally that's how it was. The manager did decide who he wanted and then went to the owner or whatever and said, oh, I want this, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's just a kind of shorthand that, that we that we still hang on to. And I'm sure you're right. These people are stupid oh, and yeah. don't know how it's run. But I feel like sometimes maybe we just kind of keep going with yeah, it. Yeah, but I feel like when it is it. like that, it's you can tell. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. I can kind of tell when someone is talking about it in that way. Yeah. Like, because it's more about give Nuno this or give Nuno that or Nuno prefers this player. It's not, Nuno needs to go out and buy this player. He needs to go there with a briefcase full of money, pop it on the table. And give it to the player. Give it to this player. (laughs) And then negotiate the contract while he's there. Yeah. Not the certain ways things happen. And they're like, they're getting so irate because we're not signing people. They're like, oh, sign Romero already. Sign Romero already. I'm like, it's in progress. Yeah. It is in, these things take a while. Transferring It's not progress. an overnight thing. They're like, oh, we always leave it late. We're not getting anyone. It's like, no, it's just, yeah. it's, it's a lengthy process. And so I guess I would say that why there's some, so like someone like Danny Ng seems to happen very quickly. Someone yeah, but you don't know what's been in, going on like prior to this. Hey, but... Yeah, there's an interesting thing where, where they can like you, sorts of these agents and journalists are always talking about like, oh, you know, there, there's this deal, you know, personal terms have been agreed, but no bids been made. I almost yeah. think that a lot of times these things go public when they know for certain that they're going to happen. Like they'll talk, they'll talk to the club and they'll be like, right, we're going to put a bid in for this much. Will you accept that? No, we're not going to accept it. Okay, well, we won't put, the, put that bid in then. You'll only publicize it when either 
in order to because you want to publicize it because you you know want to create something or because you're because you know it's just gonna click and go through um yeah i I was just stay away from social media during transfer windows (laughs) i get so pirated there are no rules you don't have to qualify as any like like i used to be because i was in the same (laughs) mode as you but it was before social media i was like kind of like in fan forums and stuff and at least then you kind of had to like go through the sign up process and you had to submit it was a proper process now with social media it's just fucking chaos anyone can type anything and be a genius at everything and they're mostly not so yeah. um, but then you wouldn't have any pet peeves ash so maybe you yeah well that's it it's the that's the pod. <laughs> it just feels nice to get off my chest a little bit yeah that's yeah. too much yeah that's it was what more i use of a rant yeah. session for you yeah. to pet peeves, ash, that this whole this whole podcast is, is a rant session for me <laughs> yeah. i don't know uh oh god dave you can close us out um i'm not too sure if i brought this up before but mine is um when keepers punch or palm a shot when they can just catch it, it's like mm. they're trying to add it to their highlight reel. So you'll see sometimes in like a corner will come in and then it's seemingly easily grabbable and then the keeper will just put, I think someone like Jordan Pickford, I know I rant on Pickford a lot, but I feel like someone like Pickford does it a lot where he's like wants to do the Superman punch and clear it in when actually someone like Emmy Martinez that's why we loved him because he would come and get it and then that would just calm everyone down. Yeah. Or you'll see where it's like a shot where they could save it and they're trying to palm it and trying to do all these cat-like reflex saves. Just just get the ball and just save it. You don't need to be extra and like yeah. flashy. Maybe, maybe because I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think it makes such a difference when you know a keeper's going to gonna just take and as you say it, can't, it not only calms everybody down but it, it stops the move yeah people can take a break the crowd relaxes say Courtois used to do that was Courtois was, was the biggest one for me like him yeah. and he came in as good as Czech was Czech mm-hmm. after his um head injury he wasn't mm-hmm. as brave at coming and yeah. Courtois would just Probably. go out in a sea of 12 people and just launch, jump above who's six foot six or whatever he was yeah. and just and and catch it um, maybe it's one of these things that might, you know, be more of a thing for slightly more either timid or erratic goalkeepers who are a bit, because it's quite a, you know, a brave thing to sort of, because you're jumping off the ground knowing that people are going to be yeah, hit, hitting into you and you're probably going to land on your head quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's, maybe there are keepers that, that, that are just a bit nervous about it. And that's why they punch, because it's sort of easier to, you can punch and then, and then focus on, and then you got your hands back. So you can you can you can you can cushion your landing kind of thing, um, I mean, but I, I agree with you. Yeah, I uh, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, and I'm, obviously, I'm not a Premier League goalkeeper <laughs> or equivalent standard. <laughs> so there must there must be a reason for them doing this instead, because obviously everything is meticulous with goalkeepers. Right, you have to have your your legs a certain way. You have to go down to the ball a certain way with your knee slightly behind. Yeah, so, yeah, they've like, got a, bit of a, cricket, a cricket thing now, don't they? Yeah. yeah, so it's like there must be some reason for it, but like, I cannot figure it out for the life of me. Yeah, it's weird. It, it adds nothing. It adds nothing. Really you're, you're losing fingers length, for one. Mm. Yeah. You're losing finger length. It's going in a random direction, because let's, it's, let's it's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And your your hands problem. are a weird shape when they're like this. They can hit it there and go straight off. It can come off either of you, these knuckles, Skew off in any direction, or you could just slap it against the back of your hand; and it'll roll in. Yeah, or you can not. I don't. I don't see like what the issue is. Yeah. Like, just go out and catch it, or even if you can't catch it, push it out like a volleyball. If you're, if you're also in, like, at least then you can control where it's going. Yeah, right. Maybe it's the action of. It looks cool for TV. That's why they do it. I'm convinced. It's the highlight reel. That's literally YouTube. <laughs> Like if if you're if you're committing to catching it, then you're sort of you're putting yourself at. I would. I mean, again, this is just trying to explain it. This is not something I think is justify justifying it. You're putting yourself at risk of like you're you're, you're committed to catching it, so you're you're kind of that's it. You, you there's no there's no going back. Whereas a punch is a bit more like a kind of save that you can that you can recover from maybe, and you, of course I guess, I guess you probably, it probably can't. And 
I guess your wrist you, and more secure you, position, you might, I guess. Yeah, you and you're probably losing Back a bit of finger wrist. length, but actually, because you're going with you're often going with one hand, you can maybe go a bit further because you because you're sort of launching yourself at it, and um, and also you're not you don't have to be as in control because obviously if you're catching something with two hands, you've got to land on your feet mm. most of the time. Well, most of the times you get a free kick if you get challenged, your team gets to retain possession. I, I just see so many benefits to it, especially in this day and age where it's all about possession. It's all about recycling the ball. You punching out just nine times out of ten gives it back to the opposition. But you collect it. Yes, you can recover, but you have to recover very quickly because the ball mm. is about five feet in front of you mm. and you don't know where it's gone. Yeah, exactly. And you don't know what could happen, who it's dropping to. I do feel that, yes, maybe it's more daring or more brave, but the rewards for it are just outweigh. God, God. <laughs> uh, all right. Stop punching. Uh, stop hitting yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll vote on them, shall we? Um, I, oh. So, I must say, like, again, because I just tend to avoid that side of social media, I, I don't think I can vote for Ashes because look I I, I, I I agree with you those people exist and they are there but it's not a, I don't share the pet peeve because I just and they are annoying they are annoying they just don't annoy me oh god absolutely um, <laughs> with Dave with yours I mean I, I will vote for yours I don't it, I wouldn't say it annoys me but but I, oh, I agree I, just... I agree with it that it's I would rate a keeper better if he if he mm. thought it and I would probably look down Keeper if he's yeah. punching it a lot, so so I'll vote for Dave's. Well, I was going to leave it to Harry. Uh, I was going to vote for Harry's, but since he's not voting for mine, um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Dave, yours actually does annoy me um, like quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things annoy me quite a bit, <laughs> yeah. but this does annoy me. I, 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 I feel like you have your own list. I, I know there must be a reason. But I don't know what it is. I'm going to vote yeah. for Dave's, which I think means Dave goes first. First time. First time coming into room one on one. Congratulations. Whoa, 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 whoa. And who's the, uh, I, I, imagine, I imagine I'm the runner up since you didn't actually like Harry's. First, Harris. arguably in room one on one. Yeah, we could. We could if do, you want to go. Yeah. Like when they change the Premier League. <laughs> but yeah, who, 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 it would not that it matters. Who would your oh, vote go for? None of the, <laughs> no, oh. um, I don't know because I don't, because obviously I don't have any social media. So I, I don't come across those people. I think if I did, I'd probably just ignore it <laughs> personally. Yeah. Um, and then with yours, oh, I, you it. Love I know do. that's that's the interesting thing. You physically, you have to. It's like quite lucky. It's quite lucky we voted for, for you. I know. Honestly, otherwise we would have voted for myself. <laughs> and then with yours, has like I said, hard an Arsenal fan. I'm yeah. hard enough for booing players, but I, I do agree there are certain contexts. But generally, I would probably boo. Uh, so. You'd boo. I think I would. I don't think you'd boo. I think I would. You? You'd boo? Boo. Who would you <laughs> boo? Or boo. I would I may not boo, but I would be like, yeah, fair enough for booing. I wouldn't be against booing. I think I'd probably have to go with Hazard just because I have nothing to do with social media. I have no interest. I don't even agree with Harry's. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't agree with Harry's, but your one doesn't consider. He doesn't know about mine. mine. He, he, he outright disagrees with Harry. He doesn't know about mine. What's <laughs> Harry? And a massive congratulations to Mr. David Egby for his first appearance in Room One on One. I believe it's been about six or seven weeks. We've all got a vote ourselves, and he's uh, been a bit lagging. But yeah, welcome to the club, Dave. Anyway, thank you very much once again for joining us. Feel free to show us some love on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram, both handles at Edge of the Box Pod. We'll see you again next week. Bye bye.